I never realized it could turn off so quickly. The light, off and on. The vivid memories turn to foggy nights. I look in the mirror and wonder who I have become. My days, they feel like years. Hope, well, hope is not on the horizon. I feel trapped in a world that doesn't see me. I'm stuck in a moment where nothing makes sense. It's as if I've been unplugged. What's up, everybody? Are y'all ready this morning? I'm going to try that again because some of y'all are, but I'm asking for all of you. You'll understand in a minute. Is everybody ready for a word this morning? Yeah. Woo! Here we go. Hey, listen, let me say this about Unplugged real quick. I'm ready to preach like four messages in a row right now because this word, this, this series, this, I'm just telling y'all, I'm going to tell you a little bit at the very end because uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm just asking y'all to give us four weeks, and if you're out of town, watch it live, because I'm telling you, it is going to change the way you pray, it's going to change the way you think, God has wrecked us, and I'm just thankful, and I'm just asking y'all, do whatever you got to do to be here, it's actually going to be a little bit longer than four weeks, it's going to go through Mother's Day now, but I'm just asking y'all for real, it's going to be, it's going to change your lives, I really believe it, it's changed mine, and so, um, I'm just asking y'all to commit, today, um, it's a little bit different. We did two songs to start with, and I'm preaching on worship today, and I couldn't be more excited about it. I've been chomping, 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 ready to give this on a Sunday morning, and um, I'm just really excited about what I believe God's going to do in your lives. So here's what worship is. Worship is simply defined as our response to what we value most. Worship in your life is not necessarily what we just did. Worship in your life is what you value most and then your response to it. So we can see worship all around the world. Like, if, if you ever watch um, some of the sports channels like ESPN, the Ocho, or some of those channels, y'all know what I'm talking about, like one of the extra sports down the line, you can see, like, European soccer. And they do the weirdest chants. Oh, 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 and you have no idea what they're saying because sometimes it's in English and sometimes it's not, and we don't even know. But, like, they're into it, and they all dress in the same color, and they're, like, do this mob stuff. And football games here can get crazy, but... Their football, their soccer is nuts, and that is a worship experience for them because it's what they value most. You talk about their government, they're like, ah, that's dumb. You talk about something else, you mess with their family, they're like, please don't mess with my family. You mess with their football, like, it gets on like Donkey Kong. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's crazy. It's our response, and people, listen, people know. People know because we tell on ourselves. But our role, our job, our, our, the thing that we're supposed to do Isaiah says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And you, if you follow Jesus, are his people. You were grafted into the faith is what, is what Romans chapter 11 says. You are part of God's chosen people. You are part of his line. 
and he, and he comes and lives with. And in my home, I want that. Is anybody with me in this place? Do you want God to inhabit the praises of your home? And so the reason this is important is because we're worshiping something everybody. I don't care if I am an agnostic, I'm an atheist, God isn't real. You worship something that you call God. You just may not call it that. But you were made to worship, and that's why that's the case. And I want you all to see this, what Luke said. Luke chapter 19, verse 37 says, As Jesus was drawing near, coming down from the Mount of Olives, a whole multitude of his disciples, okay, so tons of people were following him. And all these people had seen what Jesus was doing. They said, I like this guy. I'm going to follow him. And they began to rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. That's not, let me just help. That's not, thank you, Jesus. Right? Because we've, we've been in services before where you give the golf clap. Next week's the master, so I need everybody that likes golf to say amen. And everybody that doesn't, you can just be quiet. But like, um, but rejoice is not yay. Like when you see multitude and rejoice, most of the time that's the angels. Can I tell you that heaven shakes when the angels in heaven rejoice and their wings start moving when the cherubim and seraphim that are the war angels start going and a cloud comes in the room and it gets a little bit crazy up in there. So when these people were rejoicing and praising God with her, y'all say it. Loud voice, this wasn't yay, right? This was football, right? This was our football games. Woo! That's Jesus. And he said, we said, and they weren't worried about everybody else in their life. They weren't worried that people were going to look at them and think they're a little bit weird. They weren't worried that if we praise a little bit loud up in this place, that people might say, well, that church is weird because the pastor's up there and he's jumping and it's weird and he does things. And like, I don't know why he's getting everybody to yell. We're supposed to be reverent before God. We're going to learn that in a second. Y'all stay with me. But obviously... Jesus was with them. Jesus is awesome, right? And, and he was with them, and, and it said that they were praising in a loud voice for all the works that they had seen. And listen to what happens. They were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. This guy is worthy of all praise. Blessed his name. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the religious people that were around him. We're not calling any individual out, okay? Y'all stay with me. We're not calling any small church, one individual church meeting, but, but as a collective body. Have y'all ever heard this before? I'm rebuking you because you're, you're crying out. Y'all ever been in a place like that? You shouldn't do all those things. That's not reverent before God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? No, 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 no. Religious people, people that are really smart in the Bible. Rebuke your disciples, Jesus. How dare they do these things? How dare they cry out and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? How dare they give praises to you? Who do they think they are and who do you think you are? I love what Jesus says in the next verse. Jesus answered them, I'll tell you what. If these guys were silent, the rocks and the trees will cry out. So let me ask you a question this morning. If God made you from the dust of the ground, the word Adam means dirt man. We get the root Adam, which means man. But the, the, the word A-D-H-A-M is where we get the word Adam from. And that word means dirt man. From the dirt we were created and back to the dirt we will go. And if the rocks and the trees and the dirt will cry out if we don't, what do y'all think we should do? Maybe not be silent. Because God made you to worship. God created you on purpose from the dust of the ground. Because Satan, listen to this, Satan was kicked out of heaven. Last week I quoted it in Luke chapter 10. He says, I remember when you came down, Jesus talking to his son. I remember when Satan came down like lightning from heaven. He was down. And Satan was over worship. His, his responsibility was the angel over, over all of worship. And one third of the angels fell with him. Y'all stay with me. 
One third of the angels fell with him. And I believe left a void with worship before we were created. And as a result, God made you to worship. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 28, y'all don't look these up, but look them up sometime. Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14. His fall is described, and this is what it says, that he was built internally, Satan, Lucifer, when he was an angel, with, with harps inside of him, and with pipes like an organ, and with tigon, which is a lot like the drums that Morgan plays. And so in him was percussion and wind and strings. The perfect orchestra was built in him. Well, guess what? When God made you, this is hard for me to do, he made percussion instruments that are called your hands. And he made, he made stringed instruments called your, your vocal cords. And they move back and forth like crazy and you make a sound. And then he gave you the ability to fill your body with wind. And you are the response to the void of worship in this world. And he said, listen, if you don't, someone's got to because God inhabits the praises of his people. And God wants to be praised. He is, he is filled with joy. That's how God receives love by our worship. And so I just want you to consider this. If God receives worship and made you to worship and loves it when we, when we worship him, and that's his love language from us to him, don't you think that Satan wants the church to be silent? And that's why the church is silent today, because we've listened to him. And we've been reverent. Believed that that is what God wants when God couldn't want anything different. There are times, listen carefully, to be reverent. There are times that we should be quiet. There are times that we should just get along with God and be very reverent. You're going to see that in just a second. But I'm telling you right now, the reason that the church is silent, we could call this the silence of the lambs. The reason that, that God's people are completely silenced is because we've listened to the wrong voice for far too long. And we've said, it's a good idea to just shut up and be quiet. And never shout to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. I'm just going to enter his courts with hope so and feel lowly and not ever let out a shout. That's not God's will for your life. And the problem is not what you believe necessarily. Some of you it is. But for a lot of us it's not. The problem is a heart issue. Here's what the word heart means. And this ties in directly with worship. I need you to know that this is so important to get this. Y'all can see cardiologists, y'all can see where we get the word for this part of your body from. This is the Greek and it's tied directly with the Latin. It's very similar. That's where we get the word from. But listen to this. It does not mean what beats in your chest. It means the center. It means the, the most important place. It means the place that you put something. Always, always, everyone puts something. And it's where our will is established. So if I ask you, I'm guilty, so I need y'all to know I'm on the same page as you should. Don't get mad. If I ask you to miss a game or miss a concert or miss something else, some of y'all will be like, who are you talking to and what's wrong with you, right? Right? Because that is the most important thing in our life. And those, the people in Europe that I was talking about, if you said, I know you got, you're already face painted in red, Manchester United fans, but I'm, I'm going to need you to miss that this week. <laughs> you're crazy. I need you to miss church. All right, I'm out. I'm not worried that God inhabits the praises of his people. I'll do anything and everything. And some of y'all have jobs and you literally every other week you're at a hospital or you're, at, you're out of town. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we'll do everything in our power and every excuse imaginable. And then we wonder how do we end up where we end up. It's because our heart tells on us. And that's what we value most. And we do anything and everything to make excuses. And then we say, God, I love you. 
No, there's something about an assembly gathering together and lifting up a name and lifting up his name above all names and praising together. There's something about that. And here's the, here's the tension. I want you to see this next verse. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. The good person, everybody say good person. The good person out of the treasure of his or her heart, out of the treasure of your heart, whatever is most valuable in here produces good. And out of the evil person's heart, produces evil because out of the abundance or overflow of your heart your mouth speaks whatever is in here eventually comes out here that is a fact that's not my opinion that's what Jesus said right here here's what I need you to know about good the Bible says that there's no one righteous which means there's no one that's good so the only way that you can be good is the Lord Jesus is at the center can y'all get that is that does that make sense if he's not at the center, it ain't good, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It is not good. I can stand up here and preach. My pride can well up. I can say I did good and I am evil and eventually evil's going to come out. And this is what I need you to know. Sound matters. What you say matters. Sound. Everybody say sound. Sound matters and this is why. Sound always precedes. You know what that means? It always goes before. It always goes out. It always goes ahead. And every sound that we make comes from an overflow. And if you ever want to know if there's something powerful in this world, you don't have to see it. You just have to listen. Like, y'all ever notice, every once in a while you'll see F-16s flying around here. And we'll run outside because we're like, what is that crazy high-pitched sound? We'll see when it fly by. And we're like, that's stinking awesome. I want to be in there and I'd puke, but it doesn't matter. It's awesome, Right? There's a powerful sound that it makes before I ever see it. It's amazing. And if, if you, how many of y'all have ever been caught in a tornado? Someone let me see. You've been caught. Like you've seen one up close, you've been caught. It's scary, isn't it? Before you got caught in it, you heard it, didn't you? And, and the pressure drops and you start feeling it. And you're like, oh my goodness, what the poo is going on, right? This is getting crazy up in here. And then everybody says it sounds like a train. And you got, you remember, y'all seen the lady in the moo-moos? that somehow it always hits her house and it's crazy on the Weather Channel. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She's like, it was crazy. We could hear it coming. Sound like a train. Choo-choo. But before it got there, there was a sound that it made because if you want to see power, there's sound. And if you want small power, small sound. But if you want big power, God, to do something, Satan runs from your sound when especially, listen, listen, especially when you don't feel like it. And many of y'all walked in here today and you really didn't feel like lifting your hands or having any involvement in worship. You just wanted that crud to get out of the way. You want to check your box off for the week and you, as fast as we can, let's get this over with. And I need you to know that that is Satan's hope. That's his greatest hope for you is that he can just manipulate you into thinking that you're, you're okay. That he can manipulate you into thinking that what you used to struggle with is now behind you and you never have to worry about it ever again. In Christ, I don't. In Christ, I never, ever have to fall into those sins. But the minute that I think, I got it. I'm, I got it now. It's been six months since I've, so I got it now. I'm done. And it's amazing how the author of lies, the father of all lies, the author of confusion can confuse us. And it starts filtering down into my heart. And then the sounds that I make, this is what I say. Maybe no one else does. But I'm betting other people do. Why did I say that? Y'all ever said that? Why did I say that? Why did, why did I just do that? Why is my actions, why, what just happened? And we let our circumstances and everything in our lives dictate because we forget who the God of our lives are and we 
in the center we put something else. And I'm telling you right now, when the Bible says he turned my mourning into dancing and my sorrow into joy, that does not come from silence, everybody. That comes when I make a joyful noise to the earth. That comes when I don't worry about my circumstances around me. And certainly there are certain things that you absolutely have to concern yourself with. But I don't let it get to the point where it is overwhelming my life and dictating where I go or what I do in every single second of every single day because of the Lord. And I still choose out of my will. That is a choice and that is worship. I still choose out of my own will to say, God, I'm going to worship you. I don't care what comes against me. I don't care what hell falls on me. I'm going to worship you. And can I tell you, he runs to the hills. Satan is so afraid every time you, with a powerful voice, say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you lift up your voice and shout with thanksgiving. Now. Here's the deal. A lot of people grew up in church. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I grew up very, 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 and I'm going to do three more traditional church, which means when it got really Holy Ghost in there, we leaned against the pew. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It got crazy. We were like, amen, right? It was crazy when that happened. And every once in a while, you'd see a cat throw his hand up and be like, who does he think he is and why is he doing that? He's out of line, right? And I love, I love it. And they never said to do that. Here's what I've learned. People need permission. And they need to know that this is what God desires from them. And when you give permission, and you more importantly help people understand that this is God's plan for you and he loves it. There's a lid that lifts off your life. And on the mornings this week that I got up and my throat was closed up because... Shoo, somebody needs to say amen about the pile and Lord, you can take it any time in Jesus' name. Felt like I was like this growing up, and I was like, my throat hurts, and I was like, I'm going to take 14 Advil and hope that that works. This is ridiculous, right? And then we had some stuff happen this week, and people talking, and things happening, and I, some days I just don't feel like it. And that's the tension is we believe worship is feeling. Worship can be a feeling. There can be an emotional experience in worship, but it can and not has to be. And if you have to feel like it to worship, we're in big trouble. Because that is how he will attack you in your feelings. But that is not your heart. That is what dictates what my heart does and how I make my decisions. But that is not my heart. And this is what I want you to know today. There's seven different words for praise in the Hebrew. And they're found in the book of Psalms. And it is fascinating to realize that God does not want you to pray any one certain way. And his love language from you to him is from the praise of his people like you. And so let me just say about the seven words for praise. Let me say this. Love language is something that if y'all have missed this, um, we'll hit on it again sometime. But in June of this past year, I preached a message called uh, The New Golden Rule. And I talked about doing to others as you would have them do unto you. And how I believe we've misread that because we do what we want. And we should leverage ourselves and do what they need in their life. So Leah... Is, my wife is stinking amazing. I just need y'all to know that. I'm so blessed. She is, she is so awesome, and I love her so much. I like to buy gifts. I need y'all to know this. And I need you to like that I like to buy gifts if you're close to me. Because I'm not a quality time person, okay? My quality time is me and Tiger Woods Golf this week because the Masters is coming up, and I like to kick up. I like to put my drawers on. I like to hang out, and I like me and Tiger Woods, okay? <laughs> Leah likes me and Leah. And she looks and goes, are you going to go up there and play that video game? And I just look and say, no, right? Maybe, right? I want to, but it's, I'll stay with you. I'm so excited to do it, right? 
and then she's also a, a, a quality time, and then she's acts of service. And when, when I vacuum the house, young people, this is when you get married, so stay with me. But we call it chore play. It's awesome. Okay? Y'all are going, what does that mean? It means it's awesome for me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all should try it sometime. Y'all could get this neat outfit, guys, and your wife's going to look at you and go, what are you doing, right? But you vacuum the house, it's like, what are you doing? Come on, somebody. And I don't want to vacuum the house. I'll do that before other things, but I'm not going to talk about that. But, and I, but I don't love to clean, and I, don't, I, I, I do love to spend time with my wife, but that's not my go-to. I, I want to buy her stuff. I want, to, I want to show her love by buying her things. She would much rather me love her by spending time with her and serving her. God has love languages, but there's seven of them, and he loves to receive them all. And I can't do them all at the same time. But the minute that I tell God, God, you have to understand, all right, this is me and you talking. I only like to worship you in this one certain way. We tell God how he has to receive our love. We don't leverage ourselves and say, you love me first enough to send Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I'm going to leverage this body and this mouth out of the overflow of what I speak to, to you. And I want you to receive love in every way that you can imagine. And, and, and the second that I start realizing that God loves when we'll do all of them, and they're not all loud, but what your mouth says goes ahead of you. And when you gossip, it goes ahead, and it's going to hit something because sound travels until it hits something. And if I'm not praising him, I'm most of the time praising me. And so I just wanted today, as we look at these, and I'm going to go fast, and I love them. I think they're awesome. If you will ask yourself in your heart, is this what my life looks like? Because out of your will, out of your center, your mouth is speaking every single day. And everyone that sees you recognizes who you worship, I promise. Because I don't really like all the time what they see me worshiping. Here's the seven words. The first one, everybody say Hallel. Hallel. You just spoke Hebrew. I'm proud of you. You are now a Hebrew scholar, everybody. Come on. And it means to rave and to boast and to celebrate. Now, I need some audience participation. Okay? Okay? what a rave is up in this place? What's a, who knows what a rave is? Some of y'all are lying. I've seen y'all rave before and y'all are lying, right? Y'all got the glow sticks. I've seen them there, the green glow sticks. <laughs> right? I've seen y'all rave before, right? Some of y'all are like, I, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. You were at a rave last night. You lying to somebody up in this mug. But it is not something that's just like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's to let it go, to celebrate. It's like, woo! And we've, we've celebrated something in this place. And, and this isn't a personality type, by the way. You don't have to be loud and obnoxious like me. You can be very much introverted. But at some point in time in your life, you've, you've raved and rejoiced about something. When you get to the point that you can rejoice over the Lord and the fact that he loves you and he calls you his son or daughter, and you can just celebrate Jesus. Like, Pastor, you don't know what's going on in, going on in my life. You don't know how bad it's been. I, I don't have any reason to celebrate. Can I tell you that he put the breath that's in your lungs today? That he's the reason you have gas in your car? That he's the reason that I'm standing up here and all this belongs to him? He's the reason that I have salvation, but he's also my Lord. He's the reason that I have hope. He's the reason that as bad as it gets, and sometimes it gets bad. I know that I've got a home in heaven waiting on me someday. So there's reason to celebrate everybody in this place. Is anybody with me? Come on, somebody. This is what Psalm chapter 35 verse 18 said. I will thank you in the congregation. This is a, this is a congregation. I will thank you in the mighty throngs. I will hallel. I will praise you 
and everybody's watching. I'm not worried about everybody else around me. I'm worried about the one who deserves praise, and I'm going to lift up his name in a rave, and, and people might think I'm crazy. Or like in Acts 2, they might call him drunk. He's like, no, it's 9 a.m. In this case, it's lunchtime. But I'm still going to let it go, and I'm going to praise. And if everybody thinks I'm crazy, they say, why is that church all about yelling to God? He wants us to be quiet. Um, I don't know, right? Celebration. Come on, somebody. Number two, yada. Everybody say yada. yada. Who watched Seinfeld back in the day? Be honest. I need to see my Seinfeld fans. Yada, yada, yada. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Has nothing to do with this, but y'all stay with me. Yada is to acknowledge publicly. Watch, we're going to practice. Let me see my Tar Heel fans in the room. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Let's go, Nova, up in here, up in here. But that what y'all just did was you acknowledged publicly that you are a Tar Heel. And we're not mad at you for long. Like, why are we so, so reluctant when we get around people? It's harder around my family. That's the truth. I'm not, I'm not putting you down. I'm putting me down. And whenever it gets uncomfortable, we back up. But if someone comes against your team, I'm a Tar Heel. Come on, somebody. I'm a Christ follower. Come on, somebody. I'm willing to not. This is not loud, necessarily. This is just willing to, willingness to acknowledge. And so sometimes when you raise your hand in worship, it's not absolute surrender. It's not emotional. I'm just acknowledging the fact that Jesus is Lord in my life, and I love him so much. And he loves that about you. I give thanks, oh Lord, with my whole heart before every other God that's around you. Say, we, we don't worship other gods. Whoop, right? That's awkward. We do. Every day. The God of my own universe often is me. Selfishness is at the root of every one of my problems because that is how I make my discerning decisions. But in front of all them and in front of my ridiculous selfishness that God continuously has to break, I acknowledge that you're the Lord of my life, not just the Savior from hell. So I acknowledge you, Lord. Number three. Everybody say, Barach. Barach is to bless. Y'all did good because y'all had the little chach in it. That's, that's, that's good Hebrew. To bless by kneeling or bowing. Now understand, this is completely silent. And there's times that that is reverent. But it's only times. And as soon as I tell God it's always that way, I'm telling God who's God in my life. That was good. No one else wanted to talk to me. I'm telling God who's God in my life. Come on. Y'all say amen. Come on. That's good. Preach with me. Bless Barach the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Barach his holy name. And David is pinning this, but he's not speaking when he's writing this down. He's simply telling the Lord, you and you alone are worth praise. You and you alone are who deserves all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my overflow. Bless your holy name, Lord. Barach, number four. Zamar, say Zamar. Zamar. I like this one. I like all of them, but I like this one. Because it literally translates to make music to God with strings. And it is not the tense that is passive in this case in the Greek, or excuse me, in the Hebrew. It is active or loud. Loud. I like that. I'm not really into bleep, bleep, bleep. Right? And, and sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes unplugged is fantastic. Because you're in that Barach mode. But I like Zamar. I like to make some noise, everybody. Is anybody with me? And we've had people in the past say, it's just too loud. The, the decibels is, is crazy. And we say, we got the earplugs, put them in. Come on, somebody, right? 
But we want God to know that the praises of his people are for him. And we don't jam this thing up and get it crazy. And I stand in front of the speaker, so I just get pounded in the face with noise. I love it. But do you know when that happens that I don't hear you sing? And I do hear Shannon and Brian. But it engulfs me in worship. And I'm just, I'm just calling out to God, and I just love it so much. And it's not because we need loud. That's one of the seven. But I love the fact that God loves when we're loud. And he loves when we're silent. And he loves when we come before him in thanksgiving. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing zamar with loud strings, with going at it to your name, O Most High. It's good. Can I tell you all on this one something about sound? I just thought of this, and I, thought, I think it's valuable with, since this one is about loud. Y'all ever watched a movie and been scared? I need honesty in this place. Please don't lie to me because I know you. I know some of y'all crawl under the couch. How many of y'all have gotten scared, for real scared, watching a movie? If you've never been scared, don't watch The Exorcist, okay? Because <laughs> that's for real, and it's crazy. But listen, we could set up a scene like this. All right, you got a dude walking down the street. And it's happy music. And he's just going to hang out with his girl, right? Everything's good. You could do the same scene. And some of y'all are happy and you're smiling because the sound is going before him and it's being made. It's, it's, it's a good noise. You could do the same scene. Right? And y'all are going, ah! And y'all are scared to death. If you mute that, all you got to do is mute the sound. Y'all wouldn't know if he was going bunt up a bum and going to see his girl, or y'all wouldn't know if he's about to get shanked behind him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the guy with the mask on, I know what you did last summer. Like, you, you, you don't know that's coming, and you don't know good's coming because the sound goes before it. That's why this matters so much. It tells on us. It tells where we're going. It gives, it gives listen, it gives access and tells where your destiny is. And when you gossip, you, you are putting a sound out that we don't need to put out there. I'm not, I'm not saying follow these lists of rules. I'm saying out of your heart, we know where you are and we know who's got your heart. That's why it matters so much. And I'm not asking you to be fake because that is absolutely just crap. And sometimes you don't feel like dancing, but I'm telling you what comes out of your mouth, it matters. And we tell the story to the whole world. And then we say, I wonder why they don't want what I've got. Well, because they knew the horror scene was coming and they didn't want to be a part of that. And they knew that the most valuable thing in your life was what came out of your mouth. Because I don't necessarily think it's good to praise your name, O Most High. Sometimes I just think it's good for my name to be praised as Most High. Woo! Number five, I'm the only one that thought it was good, but I did think it was good. Shabbat! Everybody say Shabbat! That's good Hebrew. I'm proud of y'all. To address in a loud tone. This is not hard for me, can I be honest with y'all? Like, if, I'm, if it's time to go eat, and we're upstairs at my house, like, I don't, they did good with the insulation or something, because if you're upstairs, I can hear Leah, and it's like, ah, ah, ah. And like, I don't know what you just said, but I need to know, because if it's dinner time, I'm coming, I'm playing Tiger Woods, right? <laughs> and she can hear me, and if I'm going to Taco Bell, I'm going to do it with a little bit of tone. Come on, somebody, because I like to be loud, but some of y'all aren't loud. And that doesn't make you bad. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that are around me wishes they could be around you if you know what I'm talking about. But like, but this is just to address. It's you, Lord. And I'm telling y'all, and you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but I beg you to try it. I just dare you one time. When you feel down and you feel out and you're deep, and I'm talking about deep like you've dug even deeper in that valley, 
and you go outside, I'm telling you, people think I'm crazy in that back acreage. If y'all ever pull back here in the afternoon, sometimes y'all walk back there and go, I'm not coming back to this church. That dude's crazy, right? Because I'm just like, it's you, Lord! And I got my buds in, so I can't tell that you're watching me, okay? And I'm just letting it go, and I'm listening to the resurrected king. Woo! It's resurrected. I don't care if y'all don't think I can sing. I, I'm, I'm making a joyful noise to Jesus right now. Come on now. And I'm just letting it go. And listen, a lot of times that's happening. It's not when we just had the biggest day we've ever had. It's when I'm getting bombarded by the enemy. Because we've declared war, and what did we think was going to happen? When you declare war, you go to war. And in the war zone, there's sound that's being made. I'm ready to make the sound of an army. Goodness gracious, I got, a, I got a message right now that I could just, I could let it go. There's so many examples in the Bible of when he called his people to war and they were ready to go and they never had to do a thing. They just had to circle seven times and yell out a shout and the walls came down and the people saw victory. And I'm telling you right now, your victory is found in a shout of praise sometimes because silence leads to nothing when I'm in a struggle. And there's a place for silence when I'm addressing the Lord. But when the enemy's coming against you, silence is why you've end up, ended up where you've ended up. And it's time to stop being silent and listening to the enemy and letting the lambs sit silent. It says because, oh, this is good. I love this verse so much, y'all. I mean, I'm telling you, circle this verse in your Bible and go back to it and back to it. And when you want to know why, this is it. Because your steadfast love whew, is better than life. Like you could start understanding why Paul said for me to live as Christ, but to die is gain. Because he's like, listen, it doesn't matter what happens on this earth. Your love is way better than that. Your love is better than that raise. Your love is better than that, than that new thing that I was wanting. Your love, your love is better than anything and everything that I can possibly imagine. And my lips will shabach you. My lips will call out praises to the Lord and let it go before me so that when people see me, they may think I'm crazy and I'm okay with that. But they will know that out of the praises of his people, he is with me and he's around me and he's already gone ahead of me. And I know that I can't fix whatever's going on in my life, but I know he already has because he's already been ahead of it. And I'm going to walk with him and I'm going to let this thing praise that above all else and praise him and his name above all else and they and we and everybody knows where your heart is because we let it go and we make a sound so I will bless you as long as I live in, in your name and in your name alone I'll lift, my, lift up my hands y'all that's good and that's not me and that's not my idea that's the Lord and that's what David wrote us he loves number six Toda. Y'all remember that? And this is just lifting up your hands and surrender. And it's different than acknowledgement. This is surrendering. And it says, I will surrender with lifted hands. Toda, the name of God in a song. Ooh, I love that. And I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Toda is a really good one. And number seven, last one. Y'all say, Talil. And it's exuberant singing. It's not sad. Did you notice none of those were sad? Did you notice none of those were sad? And there's time, listen. If he's got to turn your morning to dancing, he knows that you're sad. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says that the Holy Spirit prays on my behalf when I'm, when I'm hurting so bad that I don't even have words to say. But until he starts praying on your behalf, he can't turn your morning into dancing. 
until you let him have every bit of access to your entire life and you don't just want a savior to save you from hell but you want a Lord to Lord over you and in you and go before you and be your absolute love then you'll try real hard and you'll end up right back where you were and you'll say how did this happen because I don't have a song of praise in my heart and I gotta find one sometimes and when I feel emotional in a service sometimes I find it but it never had anything to do with that it's awesome but it never had anything to do with that. And David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his talil will continuously be on my mouth. Do you know what he's saying there? The overflow of my heart. God called David a man after God's own heart. And what he's saying here is not, I'm always going to say the right thing. What he's saying here is my heart is always going to be in tune with God. With the Lord's help, my heart is always going to be his. Does that mean he didn't mess up? Listen, that joker messed up bad, right? I mean, that joker had somebody killed so he could get with Bathsheba, and then he liked what he saw, and he went after her. And some of y'all have had that situation take place in your life, and you're like, all this is great, Pastor, but there's no hope. There's always hope. If you have breath in your lungs, that's his breath that's in your lungs. There's always hope for you. You're never too far from God, but you got to turn to God. He's waiting on you with arms open wide, just waiting on you to say, I love you back. And worship is the response in your life to what you value most, not 200 people in a room singing to God at the same time. It can be, and it's certainly intended to be, but this isn't to clap for them. And this isn't to clap for me. This is to lift up the name of Jesus above all else. And here's why. Jesus said, when people ask him, so what commandments should we follow? Like you've given all this, this crazy stuff going on. So, so just tell us what to do. In Mark chapter 12, he said, listen, this is what you do. Love the Lord your God. With the center of your will, with the part of your mind that makes decisions in your reasoning, with your soul, and with what you do. Just love me. And I think we hear that and we think that's cool. And then love your neighbor as yourself is what he followed. And we hear that and we're like, yeah, I can, I can try to do that. And I can, this is what I want y'all to finish with. When I was a teenager, I tried really hard. And I learned Bible verses, y'all. I, I grew up in an amazing home. And I tried and I tried and I tried to get so frustrated. I just want to throw my hands up. And be like, why? Sometimes I just, this is terrible. And I just, I try so hard and then I end up in this bad place. And, and I was listening to voices that were not the Holy Spirit. And then I was trying to earn his love. And it began to become burdensome. And I thought this, and I'm not embarrassed to say this. I would be embarrassed if it was today. But not to you. Because what you think about me, and I certainly would love for you to love me, but that doesn't matter at the end of the day. The only thing that matters is him. And this is what he said, 1 John. I love this verse so much because he's responding to this. He's responding to love the Lord your God. And he says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. You're like, so, so all I have to do is do the right thing. I, as long as I do the right thing, then I love God. No, no, no. And his commandments are not burdensome. And his commandments aren't. If I wasn't a Christian, I used to say this. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was a virgin when I got married. And let me just tell you all something. By the grace of God and the skin of my teeth, if you all know what I'm talking about, praise the Lord. Because it wasn't without. Oof. But I hated it. I don't mean this bad about any organization. I need y'all to hear this. True love waits is the truth, but we don't teach it right. We teach bad, 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 bad. And I'm telling you good, 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 good. 
It's out of the overflow that I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not because I didn't love Leah or find her hot. I find her real smoking today. Come on, somebody, right? But if I try to be good enough with God, it will become so burdensome that I just look and go, this is terrible. Your love's not better than life. Your love is just a weight and an anchor around my life. That is the enemy whispering lies in your ear because he, Matthew 11, has a yoke and a burden that is light and easy. It is so much better than my life. It is so much better than all the junk that I got to carry around. But the enemy whispers parts of scripture in your ear so that you'll believe parts. And then you'll know that I'm not keeping his commandments, so I'm no good. And this is hard and I don't want this anymore. When you've received the love of God and he's become the Lord of your life, he turns, he turns, he turns, not you turn, he turns. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin. You're going to jack things up sometimes, y'all, because we still have our flesh. But I want to do what's right. I don't do what's right and then I can come. I come and then he changes and I want to do what's right. This week I screwed things up bad a couple times. Friday night I sat with my kids and said, I your daddy is mean sometimes and I'm moody and I'm really sorry. So this isn't about being perfect. It's about loving what he's called you to do. It's about taking on what he's called you to do and say, this is way better than my life. Because you've rescued me and you've put your ring on my finger and you've made me part of the royal family and I love you back, Lord. Thank you for taking on that sin and death. I love you back, Lord. And so this is how we're going to end today. If you want to trust Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. And I just want you to go to the back or to the VIP room and let us know. But this is how I want you to respond. I want you to respond in worship. We're going to sing a couple worship songs, and I just want y'all to have a chance. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not mad at you if you don't worship. If you don't want to acknowledge God before everyone else, it's you and God. If you don't want to raise your hand and surrender, if you don't want to scream or shout, I'm not, this is you and God, this isn't me. If you don't do this, don't worry about me. But I want to give you a chance to say, this isn't burdensome, this is amazing. I want the whole world to know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Will you stand as I pray, God? When I think about you, Lord, and the fact that you put my name down as your son, that you call me your own, that you bought me with a price, that for no reason under the earth and in the earth and even in heaven, for no reason other than you love us so much. God, you, you gave Jesus so that we could have life in your name. And today, God, my only response is just to lift up a shout of praise so that the earth shakes and Satan runs and we can just tell you we sure do love you back. And we're so thankful that the Father's arms are always open wide. We're thankful that we have a destiny in heaven. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for all and who and what you are in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, we're just going to lift up our hands and we're going to shout to you, O oh Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said.